we're still working through that tightening cycle. Maybe we're sixth, seventh inning right now out of, out of the nine innings. So we're kind of along that road, but still some more road to go. Welcome to Views from the Desk, a special edition of the BMO ETFs podcast. In these timely episodes, we provide the latest investment news and expert commentary on the markets, the economy, and investing. Brought to you by BMO Global Asset Management. Persistent inflation has investors looking for positive signs. In today's episode, portfolio managers Chris McKinney, Chris Heeks, and your host Mark Rays examine Canada's CPI. They also discuss structural tailwinds in the energy sector, Canadian banks, staying invested with quality dividend payers, and the taxation benefits of discount bond ETFs. Before we hear from the team, please consider subscribing to Views from the Desk on your preferred podcast platform. And for many more ETF insights and resources, visit the new and improved Canadian ETF dashboard at bmoetfs.ca. Hello, and welcome to our BMO ETF weekly insight call with our team of experts. I'm today's host, Mark Rays, head of product for BMO Global Asset Management. I'd like to thank everyone for listening in once again. We really appreciate you tuning in and appreciate your time. We're joined today by two portfolio managers from our ETF desk, Chris McKaney and Chris Heeks. Thanks to both of you for making the time today. Thanks, Mark. Good to be here. Thanks, Mark. Good morning. Good morning. Let's get right into uh, some comments on inflation as Canadian inflation came in lower than certainly market expectations this week. Does that signal a reprieve or is it too early to start to draw conclusions? And as part of that, advisors are asking for a Canadian sector ETF uh, to add to portfolios considering these conditions. Thanks. Sure. And we'll start with the first part of that question. Um, you know, does this signal a, a reprieve or is it too early? And I would lean towards the latter. I think it's a little too early to be drawing conclusions as to um, you know, the future path of CPI and therefore interest rates as well. Um, you know, I think if you take a look at what the print actually was, as you mentioned, Mark, a little bit lower than market expectations, at least on the headline, if you take a look at the core measures, and there's a few different measures of core that the Bank of Canada looks at, it's a little bit more mixed. You know, some, some of those measures came in lower than expected. Others came in a little bit higher. So it's a bit more of a mixed picture in terms of that core inflation and where that is. I think what we can say for sure is that, uh, you know, inflation is at least slowing down. We're not seeing a, a continued acceleration in the, in the rate of inflation. Um, so there might be some early positive signs there, but certainly I think still too early in terms of um, having that inflation come back down to that 2% target that the Bank of Canada looks at. If we look at the response uh, from the bond market, you know, after that in inflation print, after that CPI, um, you know, there wasn't really much change in the short-term um, part of the curve. And so, you know, the market still didn't really change expectations in terms of, you know, uh, interest rate increases coming up in the near future. But what you did see is in the longer end of the curve, 10 years and beyond, um, you know, the bond market actually rallied and interest rates went down a little bit, um, you know, about 10 basis points or so, you know, again, 10 years and beyond. And so that's starting to price in and even uh, more of a slowdown further out into the future. And so I think the market there is more worried about 
um, you know, a market slowdown or an economic slowdown and potential recession risk there. If we're looking at, you know, going to your second part of your question, if we're looking at sectors that might do well in that sort of environment, a, a slowing growth environment or potentially recessionary environment, um, you take a look at the utility sector, which of course is a, is a defensive sector. ZUT is what we offer here uh, at BMO in terms of getting exposure to that Canadian utility sector. Certainly a very defensive sector, uh, we, and we've seen that through performance year to date where most major um, uh, stock market indices are, are down, the broad market indices are down, you know, call it 7 to 12% in Canada, depending which one you're looking at. Utilities positive 8% so far here in 2020. So again, showing that defensive element of that sector, um, you know, some, some investors concern that utilities are too interest rate sensitive. But again, we haven't seen that this year as rates are continuing to go up. Utilities actually uh, working as a very nice buffer um, to other parts of the economy. Now, I am going to cheat a little bit here, Mark, and I might mention another sector here. Uh, utilities working well for that defensive, those defensive characteristics. But for investors looking for any area that might have some continued growth in it, um, we, we think the energy sector still has some structural tailwinds that make sense over the next couple of years for investors. So looking at something like ZEO, which although it's performed well this year, you know, some investors might you know, be afraid they missed that, that strong rally, which is true. But going forward, we still expect continued growth out of this sector as uh, energy in general. Um, you know, it's a very, very tight market right now. If you take a look at the forward curve for WTI pricing, you know, end of 2023, we're still at $75. And end of 2024, we're still at $70. So a very strong bid in the energy market in North America. Of course, the uh, um, you know step up uh, in the Ukraine incursion by Russian forces um, is only going to lead to further tight energy markets. Um, and so we think this sector itself um, probably has a pretty good bid to it for the next year or two. And so for investors looking for growth, we think that sector makes a lot of sense. Um, Chris, I'm not sure if you had any other thoughts on that. Yeah, thanks. And, you know, I'll add one on the on that theme of kind of defensiveness. Another one to consider alongside the utilities, uh, the REITs. So ZRE, equal weight Canadian REITs. Um, th this one also has, uh, you know, very strong yield that the ETFs yielding about 4.9% right now. It's really taking it on the chin and, you know, a little bit unfairly, in my opinion. If you look at the levels of where it's trading, it's back to kind of late 2020 levels. Uh, which, as we know, there's been quite a bit of recovery since then. You know, of course, there's a fear of, of recession, but I think when you pair that against where the levels where it's trading, I think it's attractive. These companies are yielding internally free cash flow yields of, you know, in excess of 8%, and that's a pretty good, strong income flow that can help deal with inflation pressures. And, and the other one I'd add, uh, you know, not to, uh, you know, kind of mark, you know, beat that, beat that horse once too often, but Canadian banks... So again, not necessarily defensive, but if you look at where has the pain been priced in, Canadian banks are down 18% uh, from their highs in February, and that's pretty significant. And you know, I think a little bit unjust with how uh, you know strong they are as companies and the resilience and uh, you know uh, capital capitalization that they have. So again, banks are yielding about 4.6%. You know, so whether ZEB or ZWB, you know, I think that's another one where investors could look to. Uh, take advantage of an opportunity. Great. Thanks, both of you, for that. Some interesting ideas, both on the defensive side and the opportunity now with depressed valuations to, to get in low on, on some of the more growthier aspects. 
Join leading industry experts in person as they provide institutional ideas for a recession or recovery at the BMO ETF Forum, taking place September 28 to October 13, with two-hour events in Burlington, Vancouver, Montreal, and Richmond Hill. The forum will feature face-to-face networking opportunities for advisors, as well as trade ideas for income and equities. Space is limited. Register now at BMOETFsForum.com. And we covered sectors, but we also had a question come in on factors. Uh, and we know that dividend has certainly been a factor that's outperformed cash up front, more mature companies with rising inflation. Now, has that outperformance already played out? Or do you see more opportunity ahead for the dividend factor? You know, if you think about ZDV or ZDY, our, our Canadian and US ETFs, when you consider you know, ongoing inflation in these market conditions. Thanks. Yeah, well, considering ongoing inflation and, you know, continued economic challenges, potential slowdowns, you know, I think it's still a very solid factor to consider. Uh, You know, our research, we've looked at high CPI environments and and you really have to go back to the 70s and 80s to find those. But, you know, looking at that data, uh, dividend companies have performed very well. And obviously earlier in the year where we saw the inflation uh, tick up, you know, growth companies were suffering, whereas we saw dividend companies uh, and ETFs do quite well. Uh, you know, if you look at that one year outperformance of the dividends versus the broad beta indexes, it's pretty staggering. Uh, 8% in Canada, 10 in the US. Uh, US is a bit more growth focused and uh, 8% outperformance in EFI. So, you know, they've got a really strong, you know, one year behind them. You know, I think probably to your point, Mark, it's, it's probably not that level of outperformance going forward. Uh, but we're still seeing some outperformance on kind of a shorter time frame. And I think they're I think they're good tools to position, you know, given all the things that are happening in the market. You know, as a reminder, with the BMO dividend strategy, we're really focusing on, you know, quality dividend payers, blue chip companies that have sustainable dividends. Uh, and if you look at the portfolios, they have a little bit less risk than broad equities. So, you know, in this kind of challenging market where, you know, certainly the recession talk has, has started, you know, amping up a little bit. You know, that preference for quality and, and companies that uh, can weather challenges, I think, is still makes sense as a positioning. So, you know, we're still working through that tightening cycle. Um, you know, maybe we're sixth, seventh inning right now out of, out of the nine innings. So, so we're kind of along that road, but still some more road to go. Uh, you know, I think the dividend is a good exposure uh, for investors to lean into and just, you know, see how things will continue to unfold in this fall. And, and certainly the extra income level, you know, is always going to help to tackle inflation. So, you know, I think, um, you know, it's still, it's still an area that I think has a, a good opportunity uh, to stay invested and kind of navigate some of the challenges. Great. Thanks for that update, Chris. Certainly some more things to think about on, on the factor side. Um, now let's move over to call writing, where we've been asked for an update on call writing using ZWB, our cover call Canadian banks. How is vol- volatility trending? And how are you implementing the overwrite strategy? Thanks. Yeah, so volatility is elevated, and I don't think that comes as a surprise. But, you know, you're looking at that VIX, you know, the, the quote-unquote gear gauge is in the 25 to 30 range the last uh, couple weeks. Um, and, and as a reminder, pre-COVID, it was more around 12. So you're looking at double the volatility, essentially, in markets right now. And, uh, you know, as a reminder, the, the higher the volatility kind of the more efficiently we can implement that option overlay. 
Um, so, you know, in terms of selling the options, it's a pretty rich environment. Um, but I would say with the banks, as given some of those comments, you know, we already made where in terms of that attractiveness, you know, one thing we know, we always focus on is not just income with covered calls, but also growth. So I would say uh, with the overlay, you know, we still have that 50% portfolio coverage. So when the market rallies, we're going to participate fully on half the portfolio. And then on the half where we're selling those calls, you know, it's, it's, it's a cautious approach. And, you know, we've always had this kind of non-greedy approach with respect to income. And that tends to help us do better on the upside. So that's how we're positioning and we're thinking through, you know, when that rally in Canadian banks can happen. And we want to make sure we get as much upside exposure as we can. So, you know, if you look at the most recent um, numbers, you know, on the option side, we're gener- generating about 3% yield those options are about 4 to 5% out of the money on a one and two month basis. So there's that room for banks to grind higher without any negative impact from the options. And like I said, we always have a portion of the portfolio, about half, that's uncovered. So uh, yeah, the ZWB, the total yield is coming in around 7% net to the client. So you know, I think it's very attractive and we'll continue to, uh, you know, we'll continue to be dynamic as the volatility environment develops. But, uh, you know, it's a pretty attractive uh, backdrop from a covered calls perspective and, you know, and, and again, and being able to generate income in a high inflation backdrop, um, you know, we're finding a lot of interest and in, 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 uh, gravitation to these strategies. Great. Thanks for that update, Chris. Certainly uh, a lot of interest in, in how we're continuing to to generate yield. And, and I do find uh, the dynamic approach that the team has and being able to move further out of the money when markets more volatile really leave more room for rebound or upside, I think is a, is, is a great benefit of how you run these funds. So I've got another question switching over to fixed income. Can we get an update on the discount bond suite? Uh, initially, advisors saw these as being positioned as lower coupons, um, you know, considering market yields, which were pretty depressed at the time. However, of course, the markets have shifted uh, with yields rising now generally above coupons, are there still taxable benefits to discount bond ETFs as, as we look at the suite going forward? Thanks. Sure, Mark. And, you know, as you say, it wasn't that long ago where, you know, taxable investors that wanted that fixed income exposure, you know, were really in a tough spot um, in terms of the taxation of uh, those fixed income portfolios for, versus what the actual total return was. Um, you know, if we take a look at the FTSE TMX universe, um, and ZAG, uh, ZAG is our aggregate bond ETF that tracks that index, you know, it wasn't that long ago where the coupon was around 3%, so investors would get a, a distribution of around 3%, you know, t- fully taxable as interest, of course. Um, but the yield to maturity was only around one and a half. of course, as you mentioned, um, interest rates very depressed uh, for a very long time uh, in recent years. So investors would be having to pay tax on on 3% uh, of a coupon um, and have a little bit of a capital loss where the total return element was only around one and a half. Um, So discount bonds were introduced as a potential solution to to help mitigate that uh, taxation inefficiency um, where ZDB was the discount bond ETF we initially launched that would track um, the aggregate bond universe in terms of the risk return characteristics but simply would use bonds that paid a lower coupon, that had a lower coupon attached to them. 
So your taxation element was more in line with the total return that you were, were receiving from that portfolio. Fast forward to today, as you say, um, you know, we've seen a, a significant sell-off uh, in the fixed income market, uh, yields going up significantly as well. Um, and so if we take a look at where some of these uh, fixed income indices are today, um, you know, those coupons are still around that 3% range. Um, you know, Zag is around 2.8 right now, um, but the yield to maturity is over 4% or around that 4% range right now. So um, you're, you're getting that taxation still at that 3% range, but now instead of um, experiencing a little bit of a capital loss, you're also getting a little bit of a capital gain uh, on top of that or an expected capital gain as bonds move towards that, uh, that par value. So less reason, I think, maybe for investors to look for those um, you know, discount bond solutions, but um, at the same time, that same taxation benefit is still there and is still prevalent. And it's not just in that aggregate universe. You know, we've also launched uh, ZSDB, which is a short-term discount bond ETF, and ZCDB, which is a corporate discount bond ETF, so different fixed income market exposures that investors can choose from. Um, and again, if you're a taxable investor that wants that exposure, you know, take a look at the discount bond version of that because essentially you are still getting those higher uh, yield to maturities that we're seeing now in that four plus percent range. But the coupon differential between, call it the plain vanilla indices and the discount bonds uh, offerings is in and around that 1% range. So a coupon around 1% lower um, than what those plain vanilla indices would be giving you. And so that taxation benefit is still there. If you think about the total return somewhat approximating what that yield to maturity is, so let's call it around 4%, with a discount bond ETF, you know, the proportion of that 4% that is made up of interest payments and therefore you know, tax inefficient uh, return is much less uh, with those discount bond portfolios than you're getting from, again, those traditional indices and those traditional ETFs. So for taxable investors that want those uh, exposures, again, whether it's just that core universe ZDB or corporate bonds ZCDB or short-term bonds ZSDB, taxable investors should, should certainly be looking at the discount bond area uh, because that taxation benefit um, is, is still there. Great. Thanks for that update, Chris. And as you say, just because the market has shifted doesn't mean uh, that the benefit of the product has gone away. Uh, certainly for a taxable client, uh, having that lower coupon, regardless of the market yield, is a clear taxable benefit as, as we pay tax on bond coupons. So that's all the questions that have come in for this week. So I want to thank everyone for listening in. We really appreciate your time. Thanks as well to both Chris and Chris. Appreciate the insights covering a lot of market activity, uh, current conditions, and, and giving us some great portfolio ideas to take back to our own day. So with that, I just want to thank everyone one last time and have a great day. Thank you to Mark Rays, Chris McKinney, and Chris Heeks for joining us on the BMO ETFs podcast. Today, we heard about the BMO Equal Weight Utilities Index ETF, ticker ZUT, which invests in Canada's utility stocks. As part of a defensive sector, Canadian utilities tend to perform well in a slowing growth environment. Our experts also discussed the attractive valuation opportunity provided by BMO's Equal Weight Banks Index ETF, ticker ZEB. 
For more information about the ETFs discussed in this podcast, check out the episode notes, contact your regional BMO ETF specialist, or visit the new and improved Canadian ETF dashboard at bmoetfs.ca. That's bmoetfs.ca. The viewpoints expressed by the portfolio managers represent their assessment of the markets at the time of publication. Those views are subject to change without notice at any time without any kind of notice. The information contained herein is not and should not be construed as investment, tax, or legal advice to any party. Investments should be evaluated relative to the individual's investment objectives, and professional advice should be obtained with respect to any circumstance. Any statement that necessarily depends on future events may be a forward-looking statement. Forward-looking statements are not guarantees of performance. Commissions, management fees, and expenses, if any, all may be associated with investments in exchange-traded funds. Please read the ETF facts or prospectus before investing. Exchange-traded funds are not guaranteed. Their values change frequently and past performance may not be repeated. Views from the Desk has been brought to you by BMO Global Asset Management.